You're listening to episode 177 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is Military Friendships with Kent Dickerson. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hi, Christian Travelers. I'm so glad that you're here. Today we have a special guest, Kent, who has been living and traveling internationally for many years, and he's going to be sharing some of the joys and struggles of creating friendship and community um, and getting to share the gospel in those communities as well. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources. And in literally the next week or two, we should be launching our online platform where you can connect with other Christian travelers, share your God-sized travel moments, and uh, build and plan itineraries together. But without further ado, Kent Dickerson has lived for 19 years in Europe and Asia with the U.S. military community. He has parachurch ministry called Spiritual Battle Plan, is named after the many tools God has given him to find real victory over lust and other sin. His ministry includes writing and seminars. His first book is Remade, A Preacher Finds Victory Over Porn and Complaint. Hi, Kent. How are you doing today? Hi. I am great, Sarah. Good to be with you today. I'm glad that you're here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've been traveling so much in the last 19 years? Okay, yes. So um, I started out a preacher, uh, and but even in, uh, in college, I struggled with pornography. And so um, I only lasted five years in full-time ministry. Um, back then, and I got in the jewelry business and uh, became a, a watchmaker, watch repairman um, in jewelry stores. And uh, God eventually, well, first I I've had to have a big fail, <laughs> which a lot of times is what brings you to victory or at least gets the road started. And uh, so, yeah, I had an affair, divorce, remarriage. Um, Anyway, that uh, you would think that would really do it, but uh, it was when I found myself back in uh, the pornography uh, in the second marriage, uh, very briefly. Uh, that time when I threw the Playboys away, I uh, just really got desperate. I, I wanted more than anything to rid myself of this, and uh, God put me on a path uh, to real victory uh, over lust itself. And um, it was through um, getting a, a much greater focus on him and on his nature. And uh, even, even after um, finding a lot of victory over the porn through uh, help with my brothers and uh, speaking about it uh, to guys, being open about it. Um, I still struggled with lust in the gym. And uh, so I I was praying a lot about it. And as long as I was praying about me and my weakness, 
not much happening. Uh, but then uh, God gave me an experience where I was uh, really impressed with his holiness and, and his beauty. I mean, his nature. And that was far more effective um, in, in fighting uh, the sin. So that, I got excited about that, began to put a uh, seminar together. And yeah, so had uh, really uh, a wonderful experience uh, getting closer to God, uh, just relationally. And that's, that's really what I needed uh, most. And so I had such a long struggle uh, with pornography, like 30 years. And um, I would, I'd do it again just because of the result, you know, that just getting close to God. It's, it's, it's worth it having gone through the, the long struggle uh, and the pain of it. Uh, just to be close to him. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely something that a lot of people do struggle with. Um, and yet I think as a culture, we kind of tend to sweep it under the rug. Um, what advice might you have for someone who's kind of walking through that, wanting to get out of those lustful thoughts? Okay. So the, the first thing is, yeah, you got to get real. Uh, you, have, you have to have at least one person that you are telling what's really happening with you. Um, that's very big because until you shed, shed light on your darkness, uh, it has a hold on you that you cannot break through. And then also, uh, like I said, you really find seeking to be real with God, you know, have have prayers uh, just look at the Psalms. You've got a lot of raw <laughs> emotion, uh, you know, th maybe some motives that are not that great. <laughs> and, and God processes them uh, through the Psalm. And uh, so that's, that's another great key is just start kind of build on relationship with God and um, see the importance of knowing God as opposed to knowing the Bible or knowing the church. I mean, those are, those are necessary part uh, of knowing God, but, but you've got to really focus on God himself and desire him. Yes. Um, as you've deepened your faith with the Lord, God's kind of called you to speak on this topic um, and uh, start kind of a ministry around it. Um, what has that looked like for you? Okay, so uh, it began. We we were uh, we were in Germany, and um, I had gone to an advanced course uh, in Switzerland, um, and then came back, and almost uh, immediately, I got asked to uh, help a Tristeus weekend. Uh, I had been on a walk to a mass, which is a similar three day weekend, and and so they asked me uh, to speak this time. And one unique thing about these three-day weekends is that um, your speakers are asked to give personal, some personal testimony. And it's up to you what it is, but uh, I knew what God wanted me to talk about. Uh, and so I got up and I laid it out to the guys, and uh, there were about 45. 
there that morning and and uh, just talked about the damage uh, that that lust had done in my life. And I was uh, speaking that morning on Bible study, and I um, indeed wanted to um, impress upon them that that you have to get addressing your sin. And I had no idea that the response would be almost every man either got up publicly or came to me privately and said they had the same struggle. And I had no idea it was that prevalent uh, because no, in those days, nobody talked about it. Uh, this was uh, almost 20 years ago. And so, yeah, nobody talked about that at all. And so uh, just that, that where there was liberty in that, uh, because you know you're not alone and you know that you have a common struggle, at least with many men, and that we're in this together. And so, yeah, I began speaking about it uh, at men's retreats, at uh, Protestant Men of the Chapel, which is the main uh, Bible studies uh, that are on uh, military bases, typically. And uh, the churches, just wherever I could, and just getting the word out that that real victory is available to you, and that, and not just not just lust, but but all sin that that we need to all address those things which um, drag us down, as Hebrews twelve says, uh, fix our eyes on Jesus, and we'll find we'll find we can throw those off. Yes, and bringing it back to uh, one of your previous points, um, you said that community is such an important part of overcoming this, having that accountability. Um, can you speak a little bit to that? Oh, yes, community is very important. Um, I find that it's it's really best for me to have um, uh, a couple of different type of groups going on first. First, you need just kind of a, a little bit larger group, maybe a Bible study group uh, where you've got um, a real uh, connection to and you have times where you can confess to each other, help bring up subjects, study together and share experiences. And that's that's important. Uh, but you also need um, a really close group. And we see Jesus modeled this, you know, he he had the 12, uh, but then he had Peter, James and John. And uh, they were they were had experiences that the, the rest didn't have with Jesus. And uh, we see his his need of them in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's very um, telling, you know, that that if that if Jesus is the son of God needed his brothers in a close way, how much more would we need it? You know? So yeah, I, I really love having uh, one, two, three guys that I'm meeting with every week, having a spiritual review of the week. And we go over, well, how's it gone this week? How's my Bible study been? How's, how's my times of worship? And it's, it's both good and bad. Uh, not just an accountability group where you're looking at at the problems, 
that you have, but you're looking at the good things and encouraging each other in those as well. And uh, yeah, that's really uh, a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah, have have some guys or some gals that you're you're really getting close to and sharing with. Mm. And yeah, it, it makes a big difference. So you've been blessed to travel a lot, and I imagine that the community around you has changed over the years. How do you intentionally seek out that community? Or, um, I don't know, sometimes it's even embarrassing to admit that we struggle with sin, even though we know Mm. uh, those around us do too. How do you even engage in that conversation in the first step? Okay, so one unique thing about the military community is is the majority of of people you get close to, you only have a short time to do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're stationed where you are only a year, two years. Uh, You might find some people like me who are uh, part of the civilians uh, that work for the military uh, that can stay longer, um, at least some of the time. Uh, you've got teachers who are part of the education system that have no uh, limit on how long they can keep their job if, if they're doing a good job. Uh, so you can find some people that are there longer, but, uh, but the majority, they're, they're just there a short time. And so they're a, a year, two years, you've got a time to develop relationship, but they're used to that. And so they, they realize, Hey, if I'm going to be close to anybody, I have to jump in and, uh, so yeah, they. Uh, I find that the military community can you can get closer to uh, quickly, and then one thing about it though, of course, as they get close to time to leaving, they're used to kind of pulling back, withdrawing, um, and preparing for that change. So mm-hmm. you have you have limits uh, built in as well, but uh, but you've got positives as well. So yeah, it's, it's great having community. I think that's very, very important. Uh, we're seeing with COVID and the, uh, the church response of being online all the time, uh, you know, having to do that has had really detrimental uh, effects on the church. A lot of people, even after the restrictions were over. They're they're just staying online. They're keeping everything kind of at arm's length uh, with mm-hmm. their relationships, and uh, yeah, that's and we see that in the effects in their lives. Yeah, um, I know many of us have witnessed that, but can you speak to some of the damages of uh, just remaining online and not having that face to face connection? Okay, well, first of all. You, you actually have, uh, shall we say, principles that God has set up in the way our brain works. Uh, and our brain is actually designed for connecting to people and to have touch with each other. Um, and so when you, when you have that totally restricted, then uh, you your brain is actually kind of limited how close you can be to people uh, in, in some ways. I have continued to meet with uh, men's groups during COVID and it's just not the same. Guys just won't uh, connect, you know, as deeply. They, they kind of 
uh, just they they don't have the the built-in pull uh, towards each other, even though they want it, but uh, it's it's just not there without in person. So yes, there's been a lot of detrimental uh, things happening with the church uh, from this effect, and of course we see um, membership in churches in the U.S. just it really falling. Uh, fortunately, there's Africa and uh, some other places where uh, the church is is still heavily engaged and uh, right is doing really uh, booming. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's good. Um, it is crazy just how much more guarded we are or hesitant, and I often think that it's really Satan just telling me, oh, that person doesn't want to talk to me or like I would be mm -hmm. bothering them if I would have a conversation, whereas likely they're having the same thoughts and would really just benefit from opening up and just sharing life together, even in the fleeting moments. Yeah. 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 We're, de we're designed to, we sure are. Mm -hmm. So God knew what he's doing when he set up the church and, uh, you know, made it where we have real connection with people. Yeah. Um, how have you um, maybe felt supported by churches, friends, and family? Um, I know that traveling and being international can make you feel very connected for maybe some people in your home country, your own family. Mm -hmm. How have you maintained some of those connections? Okay, so uh, I'm from Abilene, Texas. And uh, though I lived my teen years in Colorado and uh, most of my life though, I was in Abilene. And so my home church there is still very special to me, but you can't really keep, you know, a real close relationship when you're only seeing people every year or every other year. Um, so that, that part's a little bit hard, but uh, I've have close friends and family uh, they go back, reconnect to, and find when I'm looking for seminars, I tend to gravitate to those places where I have somebody to go and stay with and, and uh, get a little support. And uh, so I have had churches connect to me because of those relationships uh, that I already had and was able to do seminars. Uh, and one thing I find, though, that uh, the, the travel is really important because I have never had a seminar that I just emailed somebody about it and, and they say, oh, yeah, I want to do that. Never. That's never happened. Uh, I always have to go and meet, uh, meet the leadership, church leadership in person and bring it up. And, and then they, you know, will, will show some interest in. Uh, and sometimes excitement about it, and we can plan an event. So the military, uh, in when we were in Germany, they didn't have this because it's not far enough. But mm -hmm. when you're as far as I am now in South Korea, uh, you they have a program where you can take advantage of flying on uh, military flights, uh, at least some of them, and. Uh, that that's a challenge because you can't even know about them uh, more than a month ahead of time. Uh, 
and usually it's more like two weeks or something. So you have to you have to kind of go be ready to go on the fly sometimes when you're trying to get somewhere, and you may have to. I've had to travel from here to Alaska, and even though I was headed to Texas, <laughs> and then you know make arrangements. Uh, I can still fly what they call Space A from Alaska to the mainland and just find a, a flight headed somewhere that I can get to California or somewhere. Uh, some I've been fortunate, had one, one trip where I flew on a cargo plane uh, in a net, which was attached to the wall of the plane. <laughs> So that was a unique <laughs> military experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I went um, uh, that particular trip to Altus, Oklahoma, which is uh, not, which was only, let's see, like a four hour drive for, to where I was wanting to be in Texas. So uh, that was, that was great being able to catch that and unique experience. Uh, not the most comfortable, but <laughs> um, the second thing um, God addressed in me after Lust was uh, complaining, kind of constant mm -hmm. complaining in my head. And so I uh, had an experience with him with that that was special where I was on a, a Korean mat uh, giving a seminar to guys and we were in a Korean retreat center. and. A Korean mat is not a bed. <laughs> uh, this was a, a half inch thick, and, and that's it. And you're, you're like a, sleeping on the hard floor, pretty much. Um, and I, I, God had already addressed my complaint, so I, I just prayed, Lord, I do not want to complain, but this is hard. <laughs> and, you know, just, you know, admit it what I was feeling. This is hard. And, and God reminded me that he is the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And mm -hmm. I had to look it up in the morning. I didn't remember where that was found. And it's in the uh, first verses of second Corinthians. And so I said, okay, God, you're the God of all comfort. Let me press into your comfort. And, and I actually slept and it wasn't near as hard a night as I expected to be. And so that experience on that helped me in the plane. I said, okay, Lord, this is not the most comfortable, but, but I press into your comfort. And uh, I found myself just really going a lot into praise, uh, singing very softly, <laughs> you know, trying not to disturb people. But uh, anyway, yeah, and just going through a lot of praise in my head and, and just, just feeling uh, delight in him. And uh, that's, yeah. That made it a, a unique experience. That's awesome. Uh, it sounds like um, you've had the opportunity to grow a lot in your relationship with God, but then also um, it seems that when you get to connect with people, it's kind of almost a spontaneous spur of the moment um, flights and opportunities to get to go home and see family. Um, for someone who is maybe wanting to be some more supportive of military families, um, what's some encouragement or advice that you have for them? Well, um, so you, you get quite a bit of response um, in places, 
in the U.S., but of course there's areas of the country where that's not true. Um, I, I'm being from Texas, most people you meet, they know somebody that's in the military. They have family or, or somebody, you know, sons of friends or whatever that are there in the military. And so uh, there's a there's a better response there than than a lot of places where people don't don't know a single person in the military. Um, so I, I would encourage people to just consider that these people are making great sacrifices, you know, to move regularly, to uh, to go to places uh, that are very uncomfortable at times. You know, they're 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 deployed to Afghanistan, to uh, you know, very hard places to go, and oftentimes it's for a year or more without their their family, even if they're married, they can't take their family to those places. And uh, that's that's a really huge sacrifice. And just to try to support them, and it, particularly if they know somebody who is deployed, uh, you know, write to them, uh, stay connected, uh, send emails, get on. It's one time you can use video and, and uh, uh, just just say, hey, we, we want to say how you're doing. And uh, of course, people love to get care packages where they're sending homemade uh, cookies or whatever to them. Uh, and I, I hear guys, you know, that, that really appreciate that kind of thing. But also there's showing them appreciation when they're home and uh, just say, you know, we just really appreciate what you do. And and we know it's it's a sacrifice for you, and so we thank you for that. And yeah, so it, if you can find a way to help them, um, so in my travel, I I don't have uh, an ex expense uh, account. <laughs> uh, really, I I'm pretty going on a shoestring, and so I try my best to stay with somebody. Uh, at a seminar. I mean, even if they volunteer to put me up in a hotel, I'd rather be in somebody's home, even if I'm on a couch, uh, just connecting to people. And so, yeah, that's a that's a great thing to to offer uh, to travelers because, yeah, sometimes we need it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Kent, we're nearing the end of the episode. Um, what are some other tips or advice that you have for Christian travelers? Okay. Um, one thing, don't don't be afraid. You know, <laughs> God may put it in your heart to go somewhere that's really that's kind of strange. I went to India and spent a month uh, there, uh, did seminars there, and and just stayed uh, with the people that that I was with uh, for the most part, and. Uh, it was very different culture, <laughs> very different things. But but don't let fear, you know, keep you from such an experience. And and yeah, press in with God during it. And if if it's kind of hard, certain things about it, you uh, he'll he'll give you what you need to uh, still be able to travel. And yeah, it's there's good things. Uh, and just enjoy being in a different culture. Just you know, just see what they have and that's quite different than you or what seems to work for them that's uh that you hadn't thought of and and really just 
go in and, and go with a, a good attitude uh, whenever you're traveling. Without complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that I always like to ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? Oh, wow. So that's, that's actually an easy one. When we were in Germany, um, we went to a place, so the army has a retreat center called Edelweiss, which is in Garmisch, Germany. And uh, it is on the Austrian border. It is one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. And so we were there. My wife had training during the day. And I love the mountains. Uh, just we always vacationed even when we were in Texas in, in the mountains of Colorado and then moved there. But uh, I just feel really close to God with all this grandeur around me. And so I took my guitar, I went and found a big rock to sit on. I was singing praises and uh, loving uh, just being there and, and the beauty I saw. And God impressed me uh, that this is beautiful because I am beautiful. And this most gorgeous scene is only a dim reflection of my beauty. And that was the most powerful truth to me, uh, that he, indeed, it was his beauty that I desired so to see. Uh, I'd always been fascinated with, with beauty. Uh, I wanted to ha have rocks and minerals. I collected beautiful ones. Uh, I wanted to collect or, or work on wood that had high figure, beautiful wood. I wanted to uh, enjoy seeing beautiful cars and beautiful architecture. And I'd had this theme of beauty and, and God really brought uh, what the, the need for that and why I needed it is because I desired his beauty, the ultimate beauty. And uh, that was a very special time and has been a, a lich now for me to uh, to fight lust, uh, where I just think, as whatever woman I see, doesn't matter, you know, sometimes on the internet you get uh, surprised uh, what you're seeing, but I can just quickly say, God, thank you for the reminder of your much greater beauty. And it, it just cuts off the lust uh, completely. And yeah, so that's definitely my most powerful time in traveling. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we've really enjoyed having you on our show today. How can our listeners connect with you outside of today's episode? Yes, so I have a website called remadepreacher.com. Uh, you can look that up, see a bit about my seminars, uh, about my book. Uh, you can go to uh, Amazon, look up Remade. Uh, a preacher finds victory over porn and complaint. I uh, find the book there. Would love to have people he read my story, and I have my email in there. You can connect with me, uh, and I love doing that. Uh, uh, just hearing the response of, of being there, and and especially, I would love to have uh, someone leadership in the church, or maybe bring it up to your leadership that. Uh, maybe we should look at having a seminar. 
I would love to have much more uh, use of my time uh, in that. Our time in Korea is, is getting close uh, to over and we'll be headed back to the States. So anyway, I still probably will be traveling. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll make sure to have links in the description below. Thank you so much, Kent, uh, for your time and for sharing with us. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a delight to be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have been encouraged today, um, not only to turn to the Lord with porn and lust, but also to turn to community and to connect with people intentionally. No matter how much time that you are in a community, um, it is still possible to be intentional with creating those connections. If you go looking for related topics, I encourage you to check out episode 16, Living with a Family Abroad with Susan Whitehead, and episode 175, Building Friendship While Traveling with Ann Taylor McNeese. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and until next time, safe travels and God bless.